0: Love Talk Radio Good morning folks It is Friday And what a wonderful Friday it is You know it's not all the time That that we make it in America I mean I look around the world And I see things going on I look at politics And see things going on and I, And I think to myself Why can't people figure out The best way to go out there and really really change the world. And I've come to the conclusion that they just talk too much. They want to hear themselves talk, so they never have time to shut up and listen and come up with solutions. We're in Mark DeMoss' book, The Little Red Book of Wisdom, chapter 18, shut up and listen. Learn to listen more than you speak. This is, uh, this is tough. I think it's tough for everybody. But it's something that when you actually can master the art and science of listening, you open up a whole new paradigm of what life is about. In Proverbs 17.28, it says, Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. Even a fool... Who keeps silent is considered wise. How many times can you think back in your life when you could have, should have kept your mouth shut? I don't know about you men, but I do this all the time as a husband and as a dad, especially to teenage girls. I'm, I'm learning, relearning what I've learned with their mom now to, to better respect them, to better understand them, to listen to what they're really saying. Mark starts off, he says... In early 2006, America was up to its ears in congressional hearings for Judge Samuel A. Alito. His appointment by President Bush was replacing Supreme Court Justice Susan Day O'Connor. The Senate Judicial Committee, eight Republicans, seven Democrats must confirm the president's appointments to a formal inquiry called, interestingly, a hearing. You know, you're going to be a judge, so you're going to sit in your own hearing. In the weeks leading up to the Inquisition, senators, when pressed for their opinions on the president's choice for the high court, inevitably would reply, we have to wait to hear from the judge when he's before our committee. Listen to that again. We'll have to wait to hear from the judge when he's before our committee. At Judge Alito's hearing in January of 2006, each of the 15 senators were allotted 30 minutes on the nation's behalf To draw out the court appointee on topics or issues Regrettably for Judge Alito and for the public The 50 telephone cameras chronologically Or chronologically the proceeding Must have caused amnesia Among the committee members who forgot everything but Giving Judge Alito the opportunity to talk They said they wanted to hear from the judge But then, as so typical in these hearings, the senators open their mouth like they're some baby god sitting up there. The New York Post ran a bar chart on page one to illustrate the lopsided ratio between each senator's rhetoric and Alito's responses. Only two of the 15 questioners yammered less than the man that they were supposed to... To be interviewing. One senator, now Vice President Joe Biden Jr. of Delaware, pontificated to the tune of 4,000 words, about a length of three chapters in a book, leaving only a few minutes for the judge he was supposed to be interviewing. See, this is what we all do. This isn't just, you know, go dog, jog Joe Biden and the senators. Many times in life, I've been called in. Matter of fact, I remember sitting before the Oklahoma Industrial Authority one day, I was supposed to give a presentation, and my business partner got up there and never shut his mouth. I've sat in presentations where the person was supposed to introduce somebody, and he never shut his mouth. I was in a a convention, a network marketing convention, where there was four or five speakers supposed to speak, but the president of the network marketing company would not shut up. Just loved to hear himself speak. And we wonder why our businesses aren't growing. We wonder why our relationships suck. We wonder why people don't want to be around us. It's because we don't listen. We've got to put our freaking two cents worth in all the time. It's interesting. Larry King, who conducted over 50,000 interviews over the course of his career when he was getting ready to retire, told Esquire magazine, I never learned anything while I was talking. King Solomon said, let the wise listen and add to their learning." Why is it we have all these people around us, old kings and current talk show hosts, and yet we don't learn to listen? Now, Mark and and even myself, when you're in PR, when you're in public relations, when you're consulting, you're paid because people want to hear what you have to say. They want you to advise them. And while I take seriously the words that I speak, while I love being in front of people and presenting, while I love doing radio shows, I understand that the quality of what I say has to come from listening first. It has to come from learning what other people have to say. Does that mean I don't get turned off by some people? Absolutely not. If somebody is egotistical in their presentation, I'm not going to learn much from them. But when somebody gives me facts and emotions and shares stories with me, then I get it. In the speaking engagements that I have around the United States this year, I will be somewhat of a of a unique speaker because each of my speaking engagements gives me anywhere from 45 to 50 minutes. And probably 15 or 20 minutes of that will be me speaking. The rest will be me asking folks from the audience do you have any questions is there anything that i can i can answer for you because you learn from what other people are thinking if somebody has a question and you can provide a solution then you add value to their lives if all you do is get up there and hear yourself speak what good is that mark writes this good listening is the act of the will and an exercise of the intellect. Listening is not easy. It takes time. A good listener usually is someone who asks good questions. But to dominate a conversation or a meeting is not power. Informed good judgment is power. Listen to this little story. Some years ago, a prominent international figure was invited to meet with the leaders of an organization that eagerly sought his counsel. When the day of the meeting came, the group's top brass gathered at their headquarters, electric with anticipation. On cue, the visitor's car pulled up to the office building, and the organization's president, visibly excited, stepped forward to welcome the great man. As the president and his guests strolled into the building, Going up to the top floor into the conference room, an entire executive department rose to its feet. After a brief, after brief introductions, the visitor took his seat at one end of the table, and the president began to speak. He began to speak, and he did not stop. Like an artist at a command performance, the president held forth both the vision, of Montemiento's Monta- effort. He was eloquent. He was in his zone, he was nervous, and more than a little enchanted with the sound of his own voice. The movement, he declared, called for like-minded groups to form a coalition to span the globe. At some point, he might have yielded the floor to his guest. He might have sought the renowned man's insight, asked him a question, let his famous guest say something. After all, this man had the global connections and influence that the speaker needed. But the speaker, the president, was too busy digging the project's grave and burying under his own words. In a comfortable boardroom surrounded by gifted professionals, he squandered what turned out to be his only audience with this great man. Years of talking has apparently robbed him of his impulse to listen. Man, that's tough. Mark goes on and says, the time expired, the meeting ended, the president escorted his guest down the elevator, waved him off. And as the car pulled out of the parking lot, the one man who could have best advanced the project turned to his assistant and said, who was that fellow doing all the talking? Powerful insight if we'll listen. See, I feel blessed that over 10,000 people a month download our our radio show off of iTunes and listens to it. I feel privileged that beachside c e o has become the number third rated talk show on the home business radio network, but it's not what I love. Now, don't get me wrong. I I love coaching. I love sharing. But what I love is what I when I'm learning from other people. When I get to listen to what is going on. I love going and setting at breakfast and hearing what's going on in people's lives. Every now and then, just being able to share a tidbit, a nugget of info. I love getting emails and calls from people asking questions, and I get to ask questions back and. And eventually get to share. But I'm learning. See, getting paid to think means that you got to listen a lot and you got to ask a lot of questions. Getting paid very well to think means that you ask the right questions and you provide the right information. But if all I did was talk, people wouldn't listen. See, you build influence. You build your success. You reach your mission, whatever you want to call it, by listening, not by talking. There's a reason that the majority of Americans don't believe politicians. There's a reason that most Americans don't believe a used car salesman. See, when you listen, then you can empathize, you can provide solutions. I was watching the Huckabee show the other day and former Governor Romney was there and a a father of a military vet who can't get his benefits cried out in pain as the presidential hopeful sat there and he said, "Are Are you going to make changes for my son? And unlike most politicians... Governor Romney didn't start out by saying, absolutely, you can guarantee that. No, he had listened and he heard and he saw the pain of this father. And the first words out of his mouth was, I can see and feel your pain and as a father, I'm hurting with you. Then he said, if I am president, I will do everything in my power to make sure that all the men and women that serve this great country receive the benefits that so are rightfully theirs. But first he listened, and then he connected deep with that individual. See that's what good people do, not good salesmen, not good preachers, good people. Good people listen. The question is, are you listening? You go to church and you see these couples that have these quote-unquote perfect marriages. They look good on the surface. They're always talking. They're always smiling. They finish each other's sentences and then they get divorced. I finally came to the conclusion, it's easy for them to finish each other's sentences when they're always talking. But somewhere along the line, they should have just shut up and listened. See, that's what it's about. Mark shares an interesting story. He says, I joined, he said, Once when a large church found itself in a crisis about to hit the newspaper, the pastor called the telephone conference of his key advisors, a couple of an attorney, a couple of accountants, some staff members, and the PR council. From my hotel room in another city, I joined the conference and listened as voices on the line shouted out reactions, opinions, warnings, and recommendations. After everyone else had listened, the pastor said, Mark, I haven't heard from you. What do you think? Mark said, my silence at this point was more habit than tact. But habit can work for you. In a crisis, the right thing is not to react to immediate information, but to gather and assess the facts. As it turned out, keeping my opinions on pause brought more time to craft a better case, and I needed a good case because when I finally spoke up, I was too gently when I finally spoke up, it was to gently and resource resourcefully challenge most of the advice the pastor had just received. See when Mark writes, "Shut up and listen." That's what we have to do. Too many times. Here's what happens. The reason we don't shut up, the reason we don't listen, is because we're constantly judging. We're judging people based on body language, based on their facial expressions, based on what our life experiences have been, based on our limited beliefs, based on our own personal fears of situations. It could be spiritual. It could be... Health wise, it can be anything. And opinions are, are, are like hmm, opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. But when you finally get down and use critical thinking and you start logically looking through things, you start to realize that there are some logical deductions in every situation. A husband and wife who have spent their life together. Changes with the seasons when they're young and they're spry and they're in love they do all kinds of wild and crazy things together when they get older they're raising kids they start to retire they they find their own their own things that they love to do separately but they still have things they love to do together but then I'm reminded of my favorite president President Reagan and his wonderful wife Nancy when Ronald Announced that he had Alzheimer's. I probably said that wrong because that's still one of those medical words I get out wrong half the time. Nancy was informed of what would happen. Little by little, Ronnie would forget little things that they had done together, and then he would forget more things. And the more things that he forgot, the more frustrated that he would probably become. Secret Service was informed that he would probably forget who they were, but he would he would still want them around just so he wouldn't be lonely. But eventually the complete memory would go. And he wouldn't remember anything. So I got to thinking about how can that happen? How can people go through life that way? But as I've studied now some of the people that have been around Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan, and as Nancy has shared, one of the things that she says that she enjoyed the most was not correcting Ronnie like she'd done all of her life, but just listening as he would share insights of his childhood, insights of things that he had done but but he couldn't remember her. Painful, I'm sure. But she enjoyed those moments with him. She learned to accept where she was at and stop trying to correct him on everything. She stopped worrying about he won't remember me because she realized that one day they'd be together again and that he would remember her. I don't know what went through Ronnie's mind. I just know he was the greatest president I've ever I've ever been able to serve under. I looked at what he meant to this country and what he meant to the people. And then I think of my own dad, my own mom. And I think, man, look what they've done to serve me, to serve my little brother, to serve our families, to serve people that I don't even know that they may not even know. The impact that they've left on people's lives that one of these days they may not even remember at all. But to know that they've got each other and that they can just sit there and listen. I mean that's pretty cool when you think about it. Most couples end up getting to an eternity and they don't even know who their wives are. Man, they like four or five wives because they've been divorced all the time. And here's my parents who have been together all of them, all of my life, for the most part. That's pretty radical. It's pretty wild. You know when you're when you're in a relationship that 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 can succumb all of the crap that is out there, you think that maybe somewhere along the line somebody learned to listen, whether it's a business relationship that lasts forty years or a marriage that lasts forty years, somewhere along the line you started to learn to listen, you learned to judge your words. You want to know the difference between a million-dollar earner a year and a $100,000 earner a year? Listening. The difference between a $100,000 a year earner and a $10,000 a year earner? Listening. I watched a uh, it was a news deal yesterday about a lady that was on food stamps. Now, that's pretty common in today's economic climate, but here was the deal. When they reporter put the mic in front of her face... He said, you won a million-dollar jackpot. Why are you still on food stamps? And she says, sir, let me correct you. After my lump sum payout in taxes, I only walked away with $500,000. I don't have a job. I thought if I didn't have a job, I was entitled to food stamps. See, what happened is she didn't listen to the original question had she listened to what he was saying I'm sure her response would have been one that wasn't quite as sounding like she was entitled to something that she wasn't entitled to see if we learn to listen our life will change we listen to the words we listen to the tonality we listen to the body language if you will but we have to listen. If you take out all the spiritual connotation in the Bible and just read the stories from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is about listening. Hear that small, steady voice. Listen to the whispering of the wind. Hear the music play. All through the Bible it's like this. Life is like this. This That's what I love about Mark's book. It's intense. Little bitty thing. Shut up and listen. It's like, well, how rude. That's what my boys used to tell me when I'd say, shut up. But yet it's so true. Mark ends this chapter. He says, "The the advice to shut up and listen contradicts the human desire to be noticed or known. But in every good thing, it is easy. But not every good thing is easy. To never close my mouth, employ silence, genuinely hear another person absorb new information, to believe that every moment requires my input is short-sighted and ultimately sad. Otherwise, life is like, well, it's like standing on a balcony overlooking a breathtaking panorama And using the entire time to stare into a mirror. So ask yourself as we close out today. Are you listening or are you always trying to be heard? Are you trying to manage and control something that you shouldn't be? Do you say, oh, I'm going to let God take care of this and then you get off your butt and you try to do it yourself? See, I laugh sometimes because there's a there's an old myth. I'm gonna I'm gonna rabbit trail for a second. There's an old myth that says God won't give you more than you can handle, but yet I see that nowhere in the Bible. Because God always puts more on you so that you've got to come to Him. And when we don't go to Him, what happens is we create chaos in our life. And then we want to say the devil made me this, the the enemy's doing this, yada 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 and it's just us. We give God too little of credit and we give Satan too much credit when all we really need to do is listen. What's my husband really saying? What's my wife really saying? What's my business partner saying? What's the prospect really saying? Listen. Listen, listen. When it's your time to speak, ask questions, and then listen, and then listen, and then listen, then ask a question. And when you're totally sure what was being said, then you're able to give some advice. That's the key from today's chapter in the Little Red Book of Wisdom. Monday. It's going to be fun. The best defense is good defense. Huh. I love it going to be fun live life like it's an epic adventure i'll see you at the top be back here next monday for mirror